Hi guys, welcome back to a whole new episode of the Master Agility Podcast. This series aims to inspire you and others by bringing in the best of the business. My name is Sander Deer and I'm your host. Today I'm talking to my friend Ryan Brook and how he and I became a professional scrum trainer for scrum.org. Now even though the journey itself and the outlines are written down very clearly on the website of scrum.org, experiences and the journey itself may vary depending on your skills, your expertise, your experience and so on. So in this episode we'll be honing in on our respective journeys and what our challenges were, uh, what we learned, what we discovered, what our frustrations were, anything when it comes to becoming a professional scrum trainer. If you want to know more specifically, if you want to ask more questions, join the Mastering Agility Discord community. We'll be happy to ask you, uh, answer you all of your questions, as well as connect you to other aspiring and inspiring Agilists around the world. Hope to see you guys there. Let's dive into our conversation. Ryan, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, Sander. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well too, man. Really glad that we're finally here. We've been discussing this, recording (laughs) this podcast forever, it feels like. What are we we talking about? It's certainly been at least six to eight months, hasn't it? I think so, yeah. If not longer. What are we going to talk about? Well, I think we're going to talk about our PST journeys, becoming trainers for scrum.org. Is that what you had in mind? Most definitely. You know, that's the topic that we indeed have been discussing forever. Like, Just to give you guys a little bit of an overview of what happened here. Ryan and I have been in the PST candidate channel for, I think, for, for over a year. And during the entire time we've been discussing, as soon as we're both PSTs, we should do a podcast episode on this. Unfortunately, it took me forever to finally get the stamp, but we're here now. We're good. We can talk about it. Well, hey, <laughs> you did it, man. You did it. Yeah, it took me long enough. But indeed, we're here. We're here. How are you liking the community, the, the whole PST community, the experience so far? Oh, I mean, the community's fantastic. So since becoming a PST in, when was it for me? July of 2021, um, the community is just so welcoming. Uh, you know, we have trainers who have been training professional scrum for 10 plus years, uh, and they've got newbies like me and you, uh, and everyone is able to ask questions, ask stupid things, right? Um, I think the bit that I've particularly loved is that I always assumed as trainers, there was an expectation that we'd know everything about Scrum. However, as you well know, we all ask each other questions. You know, we had this question in a class. What do you think? Because I don't know the answer. And that's the bit I love about the community, right? There's no such thing as anyone knowing everything. And it makes me feel at home. I think that was one of the main takeaways uh, after I finished my bachelor's. Initially, I thought, hey, I'm done. I passed it. I've got my uh, my my diploma in the pocket. I got my degree. I felt like I knew everything. And then I got my first working experience. And the first thing that I learned, and it still sticks and resonates with me till this day, that I don't know shit. I don't know anything. And that's mm. the same. That, that's the, I think that that's also aligns with being a scrum master, though, right? Yeah, definitely. It f- sometimes it feels like people come up to me. Hey, you know everything about scrum. 
Well, that's not how I feel. I do know my, my side of the story, but I definitely do not know everything. Mm. That's certainly true. I think the the more you, you the more you become experienced, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. And that's okay. I love that bit. I love the fact that we are never done learning uh, because Scrum and becoming a PST, I found a deeply human process. It wasn't about execution of, of a task of certain steps. It was learning. It was the, the value was in the journey, not in the, uh, not in the destination. No, not in the badge itself. Do you feel, how do you feel about having uh, imposter syndrome? Do you know what? That's a really good question. And it's, it's, the reason I'm, I'm pausing over that question is because I got asked it the other day in a PSM2 class. Someone said, how do I know if I'm good enough? And it made me reflect on the same question. How do I know if I'm good enough? And I think the answer is, yeah. I mean, I do feel imposter syndrome. I, I'll be honest, I felt it more earlier in my journey um, because I felt like I was trying to compare myself to these people with... And I know like you're referring to it as a badge. It very much felt like that. It was almost a mark of quality of a, of a trainer. And I still do believe that that is a case. Um, but I was comparing my knowledge against these people. And I spoke to a, a, a wonderful mutual colleague of ours, Zurian, uh, <laughs> and he said, you wouldn't believe the rubbish sometimes trainers come out with. He said, we don't know everything, but we will talk to people, we will learn, and we will work together. Uh, and I think that's how I overcame my imposter syndrome, by realizing that I think everyone feels it equally, uh, and therefore it's not something I need to be concerned about. But how about you? Well, I still have the uh, same experience, more or less. Uh, same, I had the same, same discussion with Zerian as well. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, but for instance, when I... Look at you. I'm deeply impressed with your teaching skills, the way that you teach, the way that you convey a message, the calmness in your voice, and the way that you can bring that purpose of Scrum with the core of each and each of individual part across. And I think that I have that with, lo with lots of people where I deeply appreciate and admire certain aspects. Uh, mm. I'm not going to say I appreciate jealousy. you saying that. It's very kind. You're most welcome. I'm not not going to say it's jealousy, but it's one of the things that is really the admiration. But that does make me feel sometimes that I'm having imposter syndrome. Mm. So I think that it's actually something we spoke about the other day about being key shaped. Uh, for those people listening, key shaped is a concept where you have lots of different skills, um, but different depths in each of them. And so, like Sander said, he. I mean, very thankfully, was in awe of my my teaching and conveying of a message. I'm in awe of his ability to actually tell a story and make it really personable. I don't know whether it's the British in me, but sometimes we can come across quite cold. We can be concise, but the way in which we, we come across, we don't use a lot of intonation in our voice. Uh, and so maybe. So, you know, we all are in awe of different people. So I think that's why we maybe all feel imposter syndrome, because we all want to be this perfect, rounded, individual, professional scrum trainer. And I don't think a perfect trainer exists. We all like different things. Did you ever want to be the best trainer, the, the best PST ever? Oh, that's an interesting question. Do I want to be the best of course, actually. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say I do. Of course, I want to be the best, but I want to be the best, not for me, for the students. And I think it's important that after class, we iterate, we increment, we say, what could we do better? 
So when I say the best, I think I just mean the best I can be. I don't necessarily mean the best out of the 300 and approximate 60 trainers that we've got. It's not about, you're not my competition, Sander. I know uh-huh. from a business perspective, we could argue that, but you're my friend and my colleague and I learn things from you and people learn things from me. Um, so yeah, I just want to be the best that I can do and I, I'll take those Lego bricks uh, and build my pedagogy uh, from other people as well. So sometimes the, looking back at myself and my own downfalls and the, the way I went into a burnout uh, a million years ago, it always felt like I had I was part of this competition and, and and during this PST process I've been mainly in competition with myself but reflecting back I know that if I don't pay really good attention to myself I can compare myself to others as well and try to make that a, com- a competition it's like I got to beat that and luckily I I kind of dropped that that attitude I think so hope so at least that feels that way. Uh, but I can imagine that it sometimes is 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 easy for others to have such a uh, such a mindset as well. So that's why I was wondering whether that's just me or uh, yeah, the same experience. So thanks for being that. Do you open. think that there is a? Do you think there's a a good level of imposter syndrome? Do you yes, think it I think makes you better by having it. I think it's a really fine balance. Uh, a, a really fine walk between imposter syndrome and arrogance. And I think that's that's mm, a point where you've got to sure. be very mindful of. If, you, if you're not going to... You should have at least 40% a feeling of, of imposter syndrome just to keep you on edge of your development. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I think you have to want to, I mean, I, I have no idea about a number. And even if we did quantify it, I think it's different for different people. Um, but I True. think the right amount of imposter syndrome is perhaps as long as it's driving you to improve. I think that's okay. And maybe it doesn't come from imposter syndrome, maybe that drive. Maybe it comes from something else. But I think what I'm trying to say is that we all need something that drives us forward. And I think for a lot of people, it is this feeling of not inadequacy, but just the fact that we aren't perfect. Uh, and I think that's great, right? Our products in Scrum are never perfect. That's why we get feedback on them and we review. Uh, and I think that becoming a Scrum trainer is, you know, hey, we've got to be empirical about it. So let's improve together. Perfect answer. Speaking of drive, by the way, what was your drive in the beginning to start this whole PST journey? Oh, what's a it's a good question. It's actually quite a simple one to answer. Um, so I first made my application in February 2020, having just come back from seeing the Fran- France rugby play in the Six Nations against England. And okay. I'm fairly certain I had COVID at the time, but I didn't know it because COVID wasn't a... We didn't really know that much about it. Um, so I was feeling poorly and I just thought, you know what, there's something going on in the other side of the world. And it was a pandemic and sadly people were dying. And I thought, you know what? This is something that I've always wanted to do. So what's holding me back? And so it was very much a case of not fire and forget, but I'll stick an application in and I would much (laughs) rather live my life not having any regrets. And hey, as they say, a year and what is it? Four months later, I passed my peer review. Well done. Well done. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thank you. It's actually relatively fast. 
Yeah, I think it, I think I applied at the right time. Um, there was there was still quite a lot of trainers applying. I guess I guess and understandably for financial reasons, a lot of professional scrum trainers are consultants. And when COVID was just becoming an issue, a lot of people being laid off and being released, uh, and so there was a need for an income. Um, but yeah, I think I was maybe just a little bit ahead of that. I was encouraged by um, my PSM two trainer uh, Jay Rahman, awesome guy, name check. Um, and he said, you know what, go for it. So I did. Uh, what about you? What was the reason you, uh, pulled the trigger? Well, I got to go back three and a half years. Unfortunately, I can't say it would took me a year. Four months. <laughs> COVID was one main factor why it took so long because the whole COVID situation, especially in the beginning of the pandemic and then the, lo- the lockdown was quite mentally heavy. Uh, I-, I noticed with myself, especially with having three kids at home. Um, so there was a bit of a sabbatical, I guess, of a year, roughly. Uh, but more on that in a bit. Going back, and <laughs> I don't want to treat my burnout as my gimmick, but that was the point where I had to really reconfigure, okay, what is it that I want to do? Where do I get my energy from? Where does my passion, Where is my passion somewhere? And I was already uh, knowledgeable, a little bit knowledgeable about Scrum. I passed my, my PSM1 exam already uh, a few years before that. Um, so it was that, but I also want to make more of an impact on people's lives, help them develop because some as frequent listeners of the, this podcast, uh, might've hear me say more often, you spend about 30% of your life working. So make sure you got, you have a job that you really enjoy. Yet there are so many people mm-hmm. who are actively disengaged with their work. And I felt like th- yeah, that, that's, that's a sucky percentage. I want to make some form of a dent, even if it's in the slightest way, to help people improve their work situation. And for me, Scrum was that that way that felt so natural, so commonsensical. I felt uh, maybe this would be the path for me. Let's just start exploring it. And I indeed hit my uh, uh, hit my um, application form in. It took me two hours to fill the entire thing in with all the information that I could find about. Uh, my experience, myself, whatever, uh, what have you. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I got the email from Daphne saying, hey, can we talk? And Daphne Harris, by the way, is the person um, in charge of the entire PST process. She is a wonderful person. Shout out to you, Daphne. She took... Yeah, uh, when no, I- no one dare tell us any different. She is a wonderful lady. Yes, she is tough, but fair. Mm. She always feels uh, to me like the mom of the entire team. Yeah, I think so. I think in a very positive, supportive, she's very servant leadership in a way. Um, I can still remember my first interview with her. You know, as you said, you filled in the form. um, And the advice I always give people about that form, because I, I, like you, spent a lot of time filling it in. It's an invitation to a conversation uh, rather than a formal application form. However, at the bottom, there's a question, you know, do you have a blog? Yeah, I I put my blog link in. And in the interview, she said, or in the conversation, I should say, she said, I've read your blog post, Ryan. And at that point, I went, oh, my God, what did I say? Oh, shit, here we go. What did I write? (laughs) Um, But as Sandra said, Daphne is a very fair, very logical, very kind lady, and she just wants a conversation to unpick your your theory, your ethos um, around professional scrum. 
And I really enjoyed that first interview and it really made me want to continue. Uh, it never felt like it was hard. I think the best interviews sometimes are just a conversation and are just easy. What is it that, that you remember most about what is the next steps? Let's say, let's put it like that. You, you mentioned about your blog, uh, but there's more to it. Mm. Scrum.org, especially Daphne, is not just looking for your uh, your ability to convey the Scrum framework into a good message and how to get that across and how to help students. Mm. There's more to it. Like they're looking for the right personality. How did you feel um, that went down, for instance, in your conversation with Daphne? Um, I, I think it was something that was being assessed passively. Um I write a lot on LinkedIn and I just call it the don't be a dick syndrome. <laughs> and do you know what? I think that that's always my, when I interview people, that's my measure of thumb. I care less about skill set, and I came, care more about, will you fit in with the community that we've got? Um, because like a, like a good scrum team, right? Heroes don't always fit. They might be amazing. Um, at their scrum knowledge, but you need to be a rounded person, whether it's your pedagogy and ability to train, your knowledge of scrum and your mastery, your living the scrum values, your consultancy, your concision, your ability to tell a story. Yeah. It it makes a trainer whole. It's a puzzle. I couldn't agree more. Mm. How long did it take you to get from that interview to the next steps? So... I guess, I don't know if you found the same, Sander, but because I applied during COVID, uh, the, the the typical process that's written on Scrum.org was very out of sync for me because there was more weight. So for those people listening, one of the stages is, um, so you first have to pass your PSM1 at 95%, then you submit an application form. Uh, and following on from that, uh, you uh, attend the TTT. Uh, which is the train the trainer. So it's an opportunity to attend a class, two days, normal class with public students and one day for trainers. Um, but because usually they were physical uh, and we'd just gone virtual, there was a bit of a delay. So during that time, I'd actually done the PSM2, uh, which you have to pass 85%, assuming you're applying for the PSM route trainer. Uh, and then I also had managed to do the PSM3, which I needed to pass at 90%. Um, so how long did it take me? I did my, duh, 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 it was a year. So Feb, if I applied in February 2020, I did my TTT, I think in February 20, no, it wasn't, it was April 21. So a year and two months it took me. Um, and then once I'd done the TTT, it was, okay, Ryan, uh, you've done your PSM3. There's nothing holding us back. Let's book a peer review in for two months later. Well done. And then, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a whirlwind. It was very much a lot of waiting, but like I said, it was that journey. I'm glad um, that there was an invitation to the Slack community. So it's not something necessarily that's talked about publicly. However, there is a candidate community on Slack for people to ask questions, anyone coming through. It contains all of, or most of the professional scrum trainers. Um, some are more active than others. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, we have some great people in that community as professional scrum trainers trying to help people out. Uh, but it's a place to ask questions, prep for PSM three, um, just talk about being a trainer. There's also candidate calls every once a month. I think it's the first uh, so one, they, they Monday really of the month. Try. 
first Monday of the month. And I think what Daphne really tries to do and does it very effectively is create a community of candidates, even though you're not necessarily in the professional scrum trainer community, you almost are because you're a candidate, right? The, the community is, you know, encompasses the candidates too, I think. Yeah, it's kind of looking through the window of the PST house. Like you're almost in, yeah. you can see it. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're just in. not able to get in. Yeah, it's it's like trying to get into a bar, but you're not 18 just yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, sometimes the, the, the old boys will come out and offer you a drink and will take you in and talk to you. And I, I felt very much like that. Exactly. It was It's a great welcoming community. And I don't want anyone to be put off by thinking that uh, it's not for them. As long as you meet the criteria... Yeah, you have the right right try. mentality. Exactly. You can always try. Mm. I think it's the And if you're not sure, talk to a trainer, talk to people. I mean I'm I'm always open for people to connect. I don't know about you, Sander, always. but if you ever want to chat about being one, just drop us a LinkedIn message uh, and we'll always have a chat with you. LinkedIn indeed, or join the Mastering Agility Discord. Uh we're both there. You can reach out to us and we'll we'll answer everything. Going back to the uh, the interview with Daphne. What came out of that for me personally was that I needed more experience because I was kind of still kind of fresh, and I initially thought, "Hey, is it going to be?" I was hoping that it wouldn't be a hard criteria to have at least four years of experience. Unfortunately, I didn't m- meet that criteria. Criterion. Uh, I had roughly three years, and then so that I out of that I came. Please go back into the wild. You have the right personality. We think you would be a great fit, but you just need that bit much, uh, that bit more of experience. And why? Um, and, and initially, I was kind of kind of annoyed by that, of course, because you hope you can advance and you can do it on the fly and really fast and go through the process just as fast as you did. Uh, but they're really looking for quality stuff. So this is one of those mm. steps. Even though it seems it, it feels a little bit arbitrary to have. Okay, this is absolute four years but it's making sure that everyone has significant experience taking those war stories into the training uh, itself making that much more lively as well as able to connect the actual theory to the practice and then we were just discussing this before this recording you have to be a consultant or a scrum master or whatever you have to be in the field to be able to actually build a sufficiently uh, sufficient training with enough body to it i know so many trainers from other courses from other frameworks uh from other organizations that really own the theory yet haven't ever been into the field itself so it makes it really hard to put a substantial amount of practical examples of those war stories if you will to sustaining the theory hmm I, th- I think that's a really important point because when you're in a professional scrum class, the majority of questions are not, can you explain to me what a daily scrum is? It's, I have this problem with my daily scrum. How have you tried to solve it? They are about the scenario-based questions. People would like you to help them to fix it. And whilst we're not consulting in the class necessarily there are opportunities for us to share good practices that people might want to take away and i think unless you've been there lived it and you know what oh i had this guy called john the other day in a daily scrum and he was being a dick and this is how 
we approached it. Unless you've been there and lived it, you cannot share those stories exactly. because they're just not true. Did you ever have had a class, teach a class, where there hasn't been anyone who asked, could you tell me how this works in practice? How did you make this work? Never. All right. One of the first things that we always do is, you know, form a parking lot of questions. What questions have you come to this class with? And I would go so far as to say I've never even got past a parking lot without someone trying to say, how would you do this? How would how do you improve sprint retrospectives? I can't get stakeholders to my sprint reviews. How would you do it? That's why people come to a professional scrum trainer to get trained. Exactly. Because... You can absolutely train yourself for PSM1. You can read the Scrum Guide. You can learn the theory. But I think, and I guess this is also a bit arrogant, but the value that we bring to our training is those four years of experience minimum and the war stories that we can help you to understand. Well, yeah. I was teaching a PSM class last week and there was there was a person who asked, should I really do this course or could I just go for the exam? Well, Anyone can go for the exam. I mean, you can do that with, with homeschooling. You can do that with, with studying in your own time. The value in a training is indeed those war stories connecting uh, also with peers, with people who are in the, in the same situation, who have the same same kind of questions, but also indeed getting... Uh, it's not consulting itself, but you can ask the questions that you have that you encounter uh, in your own practice experience, in your own practice environment. There are so many people mm. who are stuck with, okay, like like the example with the daily scrum that you brought in. We're stuck doing this. How should I solve that? What do you think? It's engaging, getting those answers to your practice situation as well and not just passing the exam. Uh, I think yeah, passing the exam sure. would be only maybe 5 to 10% of it. Mm. And I would argue that actually until you've... Passing the PSM1 is very much about the theory. Um, you know, you get a professional Scrum Master 1 certification. Uh, but what makes you a true Scrum Master is having practiced it and experienced it. And the value of a class, something we do in the PSM2 class, is we almost have consultancy time at the end of the class. So what problems would you like to bring to these eight or nine consultants here? Um, forming those connections. I, I don't know about you, Sander. I often feel quite alone as a scrum master when I'm working in an organization because there's not many people or there aren't that many scrum masters in my organization. So I feel almost quite alone. I don't have a big community of practice that maybe some of the developers do. So having a training where I can talk to people who are enthused about scrum, I, I just love it. And that's why I like being in the trainer community as well. I'm in in a different situation because I work for Xavier, a large consultancy firm mm. with people who are absolutely passionate about Scrum, about agility, and not just Scrum, anything else, any other framework as well. So I have really nice peers like Laurens Bonnema, Evelyn Rose, Robin Schuurman, you name them, Jesse Howing. Uh, I have people, and that's 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 relating back to the to the imposter syndrome as well. These are people that have always highly regarded like these are to me are absolutely top of the bill and now i can work with them and that to me creates so much energy mm. in my work i really love that uh, it's interesting you mention those names because as you well know there's a face-to-face -face for professional scrum trainers coming up in amsterdam at the end of march with 
recording this in the 10th of March and I'm going there and I've there's 30 people invited and the names that Sander has just mentioned are all going to be there these are it's not so far to say idols right you see the likes of Gunter Verheyen going and I'm just thinking I'm going to be in the same room as these people yes. how can you not feel imposter syndrome I can look my direct eyeline i've got a book one two three books by gunther i've got books by ralph Jochum and and don mcgreal i've got uh, there's just books and books of these people who are going to be present in the same room and it's going to be amazing exactly speaking of gunther by the way he has been a massive part in keeping the energy in my uh, my my psd journey as well because in the beginning when i just had the the discussion with daphne i was like all right um I need to advance. So I started looking into the PSM2 class at that point. Uh, it just got uh, sold by Barry, Barry Overheim and uh, Christian Verweijs to scrum the door because PSM3 uh, or PSM2 was completely new. The PSM2 course is something that those guys completely created and was so good that scrum.org decided to incorporate it. Uh, so I reached out to them. But I also reached out to Gunther Verheim on LinkedIn, just slapping him a message and said, Hey, I'm. I will. I want to start this. I really want to do this good, uh, in a good way. Do you have some advice for me? And then he said, within a couple of minutes, he replied to me. He said, "Come to Antwerp. Let's go for lunch, and we'll talk through." I was like, "What? Like, you, like you just mentioned, they're, they're kind of idols, and I definitely felt like that." Um, I rarely feel starstruck, but that at that point it was like, "Damn, this is happening!" <laughs> yeah, and they say never meet your idols, but actually, with I, I like to say that pretty much all professional scrum trainers are just lovely people. Yes, and I had a um, really good time with Gunther. We we sat down for a couple yeah. of hours, uh, which is way more than I initially thought, and he was so down to earth, such a nice dude, and he helped me, and, and he mm. gave me. Really good tips, good feedback, and 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 things that helped me throughout the entire, um, th- throughout the entire journey. And also, massive shout out to you, Gunther. Um, I read a blog on uh, on my journey of becoming a PSD, and I think this is one of the the, the main experience that will always stuck, uh, will be stuck in my mind. Uh, looking back in, in this in this entire journey, but indeed, like you said, everyone or most of them at least, are open to anything, open to any discussion, to feedback, to helping you forward. Because that's what really makes the PST community stand out to me, is anyone's willingness to help and to help you improve, to to, to sit down together, whether that's live or uh, through Zoom or Riverside, like we're recording now. But there's just that down-to-earthness and they're almost like regular people. Just almost. Almost. I was having a conversation with someone on Reddit uh, about two days ago, and they had a question about something Ralph had included in the professional product owner book. They said, what, what does everyone think of this? And I said, why don't you just message him and ask? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, these people want to talk about their theory and their learning, and I'm certainly the same, right? If you ever read anything of mine, just ask right i'm certainly not saying it's right uh let's just have a conversation uh yeah it's we all love talking about scrum uh, we, we we geek out about scrum is that right sander way too much 
<laughs> Sometimes I feel there's nothing else existing to in my life at this point other than Scrum. But that's 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 the, the beauty of it as well. I really really enjoy talking about it, working on it, training it, writing, creating a podcast like this. I really enjoy it. Uh, and that's also the re- reflection of the rest of the community. People are just really passionate. I think that's the, the passion is is what's going to help you go through the process. I think that's an important thing to add because the rest of the community want you to succeed as well. So the final step being a peer review, a lot of people think it's quite uh, onerous and it, it absolutely is being effectively interviewed by five of your peers, five other professional scrum trainers where you take the opportunity to teach them something where they pretend to be students. And then when they try and ask you some tricky questions, again, as students, they still want you to succeed. Nothing is ever designed to make you fail. Um, you know, you move forward in the process and if you struggle at a hurdle, you get feedback and feedback and feedback until you overcome the hurdle. Exactly. Uh, and that's something I, I heard. Even in my peer review, it didn't go well. I interestingly rewatched the video of my peer review yesterday. Oh, it was cringy. Um, but it was a learning <laughs> opportunity where people were giving feedback and saying, hey, why don't you answer a question that way? You know, it was great. Speaking of, of overcoming obstacles, the first obstacle, just for people to have an, just a general overview of how, how these steps are formed. I mentioned already the, the four years of experience. You got to pass the PSM 1 and 95%. PSM 2 is not a specific requirement on any level. Just You just got to pass it. But then the biggest obstacle for me, the biggest frustration point ever in my entire journey, the PSM3. That felt like an absolute mountain, Ryan. 90% was the benchmark. Took it five freaking times. Mm. And I only passed 89.6. It's worth saying that you still pass 85. It's just that the... So, Sander passed multiple times, didn't you? I think I'm record Um, holder of PSM3 at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah it's 90% required to become a trainer so as Sander said it's a mountain but it's a mountain that you know that everyone training professional scrum has climbed so it's validation of a trainer uh, and lots of people who you know see taking professional scrum master three they say is it worth it and I say do you know what yeah if you want to validate your practice or if you want to become a trainer but honestly don't do it to show off or just just to get you a job it won't do that um you know it's just for trainer validation and for kudos really yeah well some some organizations do uh, require you to have a certain level of psm knowledge or a certificate so in that sense i do understand if people are looking to get it for job security or whatever to get more out of a job um, but indeed, it's more the validation or the, the looking into your ability to create a crisp and concise answer to the, yeah. the questions being thrown at you. And for those who are not familiar with how this exam looks like, there are, let's say, 34, 36 questions. Out of those, 95%, so let's say 32 to 34, are open-ended essay-based kind of questions. And the other ones, the, the remaining two to four are multiple choice, which are also hard, but the rest is open-ended essay-based. And you have an 
and these days it was two and a half hours time box when i started doing this it was two hours uh so i had to slam my keyboard really fast uh but it's really looking into do you know your do you know your scrum do you know how to put it into a short and concise possible way to convey it what the scrum guide says as well as a little bit of experience story without making it too fuzzy it took me five attempts and I, the the horrible part is if you take it twice or you don't make the 90 percent twice you have to wait for half a year to take the next attempt so there again was a massive delay and th that's a point i feel where a lot of people give up how do you feel what's your experience ryan um i guess i was lucky um with the PSM three, um, the, the mic drops being concise. I had a lot of prep with my, my mentor on the path, uh, Shaheen, uh, he's a PST and he said, just design mic drop answers, right? You can't say everything, but if you get your boss in an elevator and they ask you a question about the daily scrum, what's your one, two sentence answer for that? And I did that for all key concepts that I, I, that I could think of for scrum. And so when I was in the, in the assessment, I almost had some leading sentences to to answer. It's changed a bit now because it's much more give experiences and, and tell us how you've experienced this in real life, um, which also is a reason for the time box extending. Um, but yes, I was lucky to pass it first time at 85, which wasn't enough. And then the second time I was lucky to to beat the 90%. But you're right, it, it, it can be disheartening because it's three to four, maybe five weeks before you get an answer, get your, your result back, because it's graded by a real person. And then to see that you didn't quite meet the mark. Uh, and hey, let's not forget, it's potentially a $500 investment per go. Yes. Depending uh, on whether you took the PSM2 class off. or not, because if you took the PSM2, you get 40% yep. discount. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and I think sometimes when people see that that they maybe didn't make it they feel like they aren't good enough and that's not true um but i feel almost wrong talking about that that's probably something you should talk about sander um because i hope you never thought that you weren't good enough um i can't really remember to be honest whether i ever had that thought and at certain points it did took me a little while to regather my not necessarily the drive but the motivation to to take this mountain again mm. and that both that as well as the half year time box before i could have another go uh but with the whole covid situation coming in it, it took me a while to to take that uh, even though i i knew i had the knowledge because i in all arrogance, when I had the first conversation with Daphne and she told me, you need another year of experience. The first thing that came to my mind was, I'll show him, I'll take the PSM3 and I'll show you that I can do this. Absolute arrogance, of course. But I did make the 85%. So that was cheerful. I felt, all right, good. This should be good. This should be fine. I can do this. I can get that 90%. I think it was 95 at that, that, that time. Uh, they trimmed it down a bit. But the, the, the level between 85 and 90% is actually being good in answering questions and being great in answering those mic drop kind of level of, of questions. Improving myself 
to that level took me quite a while. And I think that's the, that's the main purpose of this entire journey, especially with coming to that stage of PSM3 as well as the peer review, is not about validating your knowledge. The fact that you're taking this, uh, especially the peer review, you've proven to own that knowledge. This is about improving your ability to be concise, to be crisp, to give those mic drop answers uh, and then to convey that message in a good, clear way. Yeah. Uh, and like, like you say, when they dropped it from 95 to 90, they actually made the test harder, um, which is the reason why they dropped the percentage a bit. Uh, oh, but as Sander says, the, yeah, the ability to make things more concise, uh, you know, if to give people an example, and this isn't, this isn't, you know, giving away a question, but let's say a topic came up that said, could you explain the purpose of the daily scrum? Most trainers Anybody knowledgeable about Scrum could probably talk for five minutes about that. You don't have that time, you know. So I can still remember the sentence I had in my head, you know, what's the theory, the purpose of the daily Scrum was to, it is a daily opportunity to inspect and adapt the progress made against the sprint backlog for the previous 24 hours to make a plan for the next 24 hours to make it more likely that the sprint goal will be met. It's about two or three bullet points in there, max 50 words. Um, and yeah, could I talk about loads of things like impediments? The fact that the, the Scrum Master and the product owner uh, only speak if they're they're performing as a developer. Yeah, I could have. But you can't say everything. And that was what that was the mentality and the mindset I had to put aside when taking the PSM3. Oh, exactly. You are not being asked to tell them everything. You may have those five minutes to give a five-minute answer, type a five-minute answer. But you got to keep in mind that the other person who's reviewing this also is going to be reading for five minutes. He doesn't want to read for five minutes. He wants to have the the slam dunk immediately. He wants to have this answer just in in the first two lines with maybe a little bit of clarification. So you, you do have the time on the clock, but not in the answer. Yep. Yeah, three to five minutes per question. It was for me when it was two hours, but I, that, that time boxes, I guess, uh, stretched a little bit. Um, but bear in mind, some questions are going to be easier than others. The phrase that Daphne always uses is don't talk yourself out of a good short answer. Some questions I, I can still remember. One particular question that's etched into my brain took me about eight to ten minutes to answer, and that's okay because uh, some questions have multiple sub-questions. But some of them are just super simple just move on exactly uh, and get it done and then once you've done it peer review and then yeah. you're in the community exactly to me i first so i first took the psm3 my chronological order was a bit skewed um but i got i went to the ttt then back in 2019 and i went to the to the scrum.org office in burlington this is out of everything what i made in my head as being the most daunting thing that i would ever do when I went there, so I live in the Netherlands, I had to fly out to a different time zone. I felt I had to be on top of my game, be absolutely focused. I had to do everything right. So in the first two days, they check they check whether you're able to put yourself in the chair of a student and help those students uh, learn and, and engage rather than giving them the answer and being the teacher. The fact that you're there already proves that you're you probably know more than the students in the PSM three uh, PSM one class when it comes to the basis of Scrum. 
they're not looking for you to be able to answer those kind of questions or help provide the, 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 the students with the actual answer. It's more about helping being able to put yourself in the mindset of a student. Followed, as you already mentioned, by a day, specific day where they hone in on your teaching skills. I made this for some reason, like if I'm not going to say this fantasy realm of this is, this is the, 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 uh, what is it? Ryan, I completely lost the word. The fin- the finales of American football. I can never forget uh, this. What do they call it? A touchdown? Oh, I no, I mean the American. actual finales. This is such a European thing, mean, right? The soup, the Super Bowl. Yes, thank you very much. The Super Bowl, right? This felt to me like the Super Bowl of the entire journey. This is where I got to ace. This is where I got to perform. Well, I got down from that cloud. It was an it was a lovely experience, and my my training was Stephanie Ackerman. Again, fantastic person. I love her. Uh, but. It's not that big of a deal as I made it. And that's fun to see how it can can skew these kind of things. Well, I've never experienced it, so I don't know anything about There was so much good feedback that really helped me develop, helped me grow as a teacher. And it's that's that's the thing with a train the trainer. For some reason the name already says it. It's about training you, making you better, not about performing. This is really that next step, making you better. And preparing you for the the peer review as well. How was that for you? How was that the, the experience of the train the trainer? So I really enjoyed it. I'm an over preparer, so I they they don't share much about what's uh, involved in that third day. I think that's important, and I'm not going to share it now. But anybody taking part in it can expect to practice their teaching and their training skills uh, around professional scrum. I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, but I was a teacher for five years uh, in a secondary school. I was a head of subject. I was very used to training and using different styles to convey. Uh, however, even I was, um, you know, we use different skills when we're training virtually, which I'd never had to do. Uh, but it was a great experience. And I think the thing that really came across to me and with all the stages, as I've said before, I didn't go into it feeling like it was a pass fail. Um, or I certainly didn't leave that way. I might have had that mentality going in a little bit. But at the end, it was about, right, let's have a debrief with, uh, in my case, two fantastic trainers, uh, Pavel, the course steward, and Hido at the time, who's also a course steward. Hido Boscolian. Uh, and Daphne. Absolutely. Legend. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, he was my PSM, th- th- PSM2 trainer in the, back in the day. Oh, just two. He, he does fantastic, and and Pavel likewise. Um, and they just sat down and they gave feedback, and it was never, you've passed, congratulations. It was you've you've done enough to move forward. Um, you know we're happy, and that you've met this this bar that doesn't really exist, but uh, you know you've done enough to persuade us uh, that you can move forward. Uh, and I I really enjoyed that. I got some great feedback uh, that I've certainly taken forward, uh, and. Yeah, it was even if you struggle with the TTT, it's not a, hey, get out the program. It's let's take some of the pieces that you were less strong at. Let's maybe record some videos. Let's do some co-training. Let's do more. Uh, But it's never you have failed. Leave. 
And I think that's really important for me taking the journey um, because a lot of that cognitive load, that worry was gone. Are you a worrier by yourself in, in, in naturally? Am I what? Sorry? A worrier. Not a warrior, but someone who worries. Oh, a worrier. Um, oh, a worrier. I wouldn't use that word. Um, I definitely care about what people think of me. And I definitely always try. No, I would I would stick with my I'm an over planner. I plan too much. Um, I'm definitely a cynic uh, in that I always think the worst. Um, but I also accept that that's a reality sometimes. So I'm okay living in the moment. But if I can plan for something, I will do. Um, fair point. Makes sense. Then, also i just don't like the word warrior probably because it makes me feel like my mum <laughs> <laughs> in what way she must be a lovely lady yeah i mean i'll be honest she's probably not going to listen sander but you never know <laughs> hi mom, um, hi, mom. No, I th- <laughs> uh it's just yeah i think i think parents as well and i feel that now i've got two i know you've got three hey that's that's complexity at its core right um kids by the way now you do naturally kids <laughs> um you know you you do worry you, you you are concerned and you think through different scenarios um the the reason i fight against the word worry is because i accept the outcome of all those is perfectly possible and i'm happy with all of them um obviously i'd prefer some but i think worrying is feeling like you couldn't handle something yeah. uh, and I, i don't feel like that it's got better over time but Yeah, yeah that, that will continuously evolve. I mean, you, you get into different stages of life and then different stages of your PST journey. So these things continuously evolve. And I think that's mm. that's where Lawrence, Lawrence Bonnema was my uh, uh, my coach throughout the, those years, where Bar- Barry Overeem told me back in the day, like this is something that you can ask for. It's not actively being promoted, but you can ask for a coach when it comes to the PST mm. journey. So Lawrence already generously prepared me saying hey 95 and this is not to put you down but 95 fails in the first attempt during the peer review all right all right and that's how i went into the peer review this is i'm not going to pass this is going to be for me an opportunity to inspect and adapt the way that i'm working uh, and just improve and i'll see you again on the next attempt and if i don't make that i mean i did five attempts in psm3 i can take a couple of the peer reviews as well and the peer reviews are are more enjoyable because you're not it's not a race against the clock it's just having a nice discussion with peers and and, and talking to them and that's that's so different and so much more of a, a, a nice experience rather than the psm3 to me how do you feel about yes, your it's, it's, def- it's definitely i think it was it's definitely rigorous i don't want it to anyone listening to think that it's easy it's not easy it is tough Um, and it's intentionally tough. And I think it's important that it's tough because if you if you're paying a thousand pounds, twelve hundred dollars for a professional scrum class, you want to know that the person who's training you knows their stuff and it's been vetted and checked. Um, and hey, man, I got some questions that do you know what you just think? Where did those questions yeah, come yeah, from? Yeah. And but actually, sometimes you can say, I don't know. But it's the way you handle it. They're trying to prepare you as a trainer. Sometimes you say, do you know what? That's a really great question. But it's not a question that we answer or is probably relevant to the other six people in the class. Maybe we take it to a coffee yeah. break. And that's the yeah. thing. They don't expect you to know everything and, and, and all. 
it's okay to say, I don't know. What do you think? And and then to make uh, absolutely make a bit bit more of an organic conversation rather than, uh, and that's what a lot of people do. Try to fit in an answer with uh, that's suboptimal. Let's put it like that. At best, uh, well, you know, I don't know. And if you know, if you you're aware that you don't know, just say I don't know. Yes, it's better than making it up and getting it wrong. Exactly, because people will poke through that. People have a knack for mm. for knowing when you're lying because that's basically what it is right you're lying that you know because you don't be honest oh yes be transparent say i don't know yep the bullshit sniffers as i call them and they they there will be those people and that's okay right they want they also sometimes some some um, students they want to challenge you and that is their right they've paid to attend a class if they want to ask a tough question they can ask a tough question and they will um and they will and that's okay uh, we are there. We're not going to pretend we know everything, but we will certainly give it a go and try to give you the value that you want from it. What's the toughest question that anyone has ever asked you during class? <laughs> I know exactly this question. You know, there there, there uh, are always those questions that will stick to you forever. Yeah, uh, I will tell you, but you do not make me answer it. Uh, and the question uh-huh. was, how can the definition of done or how can a strong definition of done help you to produce more increments per sprint that's a good one (laughs) it's a great question and i took i you know take it on the chin have a go at it um but it's just one of those questions where sometimes there isn't a right answer i'm curious Um, for anyone who's listening and who's who's deep into this podcast still listening because we're almost an hour in and kudos to you for for bearing with us I'm curious about your your perspective as well. If you hear this question Ryan just the, just told, let us know your thoughts. Mm. Please let me know, and I will use it for my next professional scrum trainer <laughs> training class. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and then you're in. Then you're in the community. You'll be added into Slack. You'll be into the the PST Slack. That you're going to be handed with a with a ton of emails where you can find information, where you can find the, the, the curriculum. You'll be displayed on LinkedIn as well and Twitter and those kind of uh, 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 social media. And you'll get a, I don't know how that was with you, Brian, but you'll get a ton of requests and, and, and connection requests from other people. And then you're there. And you made it. You're, you That's made it. the cut. You, you pay your fee. Uh, you uh, then license to train the class that you came through on to PSM. But then once you're in the community, you are pending other requirements, able to apply to teach other classes. Uh, And then you've got two types of classes. You've got public ones that you will see online uh, on Scrum.org's website, and you also have private ones. So professional Scrum trainers do not work for Scrum.org. It's important to put that across. We we are licensed to train the classes. We pay a license fee to do so. Um, but for example, the majority of the classes I train are private, where an organization would come to me and say, I've got 10 people. That's never advertised. We don't take people from from general public. Uh, and yeah, that's that's sometimes you'll see a lot of trainers maybe on Scrum.org if you filter for someone and it says they don't have any classes. How can that be? Well, A, some of them are full-time consultants and don't have the time, or B, they just do a lot of their work privately. So drop them a message if you want to join uh, or create one, uh, and I'm sure they'll be glad to have Exactly. And that's good to know. I think you referenced it. You, you just quickly went through it earlier. Uh, but going to a face-to-face trainer meeting every year, once a year, is a requirement. 
luckily <clears throat> they're virtual as well. So I don't know whether that was the case before COVID as well, but they're now virtual as well. Uh, personally, I'm going to be attending the one in Burlington again in September. Uh, they're all through, throughout the world. So Scrum.org does try to accommodate for your location so that you don't have to travel the world specifically. Uh, you mentioned there's one in Amsterdam. There is usually an expectation to travel. Yeah, I, most, I think it would be fair time, to say. Exactly. You mentioned there's this. So, but we had Iceland this year. <laughs> yeah, Iceland is brilliant. Yeah. And there's one, like you mentioned, in Amsterdam in the, uh, at the end of the month, uh, the end of... The, in two weeks from now, from this uh, the time of this recording, um, which I couldn't attend because it was already signed completely. It was full and it doesn't meet my client's agenda as well. Um, so I have the luck to travel to the US again, which I'm really looking forward to, especially because it has been a couple of years that, that we have been able to travel to the US thanks to the whole COVID situation. So thank you face to face. Absolutely. Well, I will. Uh, I will quite happily buy you a beer if you pick me up from the airport, like you said. We, I will def- <laughs> depending on the time that you will, will arrive, I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to pick you up in the middle of the night. Oh no, man! It's all good. It's all good. I'll buy you a beer either way. Sounds good. Uh, Scrum.org is always actively looking for more trainers, and they're looking for more diversity and more female trainers at this point. And for that, we're going to have Leslie Morse talking us through. Uh, and, and telling us more about that. But before we do that, Ryan, if there's anyone, anything that you would like to advise to people who are about to start a journey or willing to start a journey and pondering it, what would it be? Mm. Talk to someone who's done it. Uh, connect with someone, create a community, just go for a virtual coffee or a physical coffee, um, depending on where you're located, to get an honest opinion of it. Don't let the worries don't let it seem an insurmountable mountain, you know, because it's not. It is a journey for a very good reason. Um, and just enjoy it. And I'm active proof that it could take a while to to conquer this mountain, but it definitely can be done. Speaking of no, or familiar PSTs of people who, who already done it, you're, you're one of those PSTs. I'm one. Where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me uh, via uh, the organization I work for, uh, Optolearn. So optolearn.co.uk. Uh, I also have a link tree, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. You're all, all uh, over I am, the place. I am there. I do try. The only thing I don't do is TikTok because I'm not, I feel like I'm not young enough. Um, but hey, may, maybe, maybe in future. Um, but I'm more than happy to to chat to people if you want. If you have training requirements, you want to know about a certain class, uh, just reach out and we'll we'll just arrange a, a zero obligation chat, just a friend to friend. Awesome, Ryan. Thank you very much for being here. Looking forward to the beer and always love our discussions. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Have a nice evening, Sander. And that's it for this week's episode of the Mastering Agility Podcast. I hope you learned how our journeys were, how this could be applicable to you and what it takes to become a professional Scrum trainer and join the awesome community of Scrum.org trainers. Again, I still really like it, still enjoy it. I really enjoy providing these courses, so I'm hoping to have you in the future class as well. Speaking of which, I'm teaching classes both in Europe as well as in the US. We're developing especially the Georgia area. So if you want to know know more about that and where you can join my classes, feel free to hit me up on either LinkedIn, the website is scrum.org, email, WhatsApp, you name it. Join the Discord community. You can ask me anything. Hope to see you guys there. 